Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, as always, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a lovely virgin guest to the show. Super excited and pumped to have a chit-chat with him. It's been in the works for a bit now, so I'm glad he finally agreed without having to (coughs) bodily injury for me or anything like that. So welcome, Mr. Joe from Connect Those Dots podcast. How are you, darling? I'm great, Janet. Thank you for having me on your uh, awesome podcast. And that was a great talk up, by the way, too. I feel very honored <laughs> for that awesome talk up. Do you have like a background in radio? Nope. Really? No. I am a, retired, radio I'm a retired nurse and a retired teacher. So That's yeah. great. You uh, you have like the voice, you have like the vibe and the energy for all of it. I, I you would you could have fooled me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am an actress of many shades, but not that definitely. <laughs> no, that's so, great. Mr. Joe, tell the listeners about you. Who is Joe? Well, uh, listeners, I'm I'm just like you. You know, we're we're all the same. We are all um, humans on this earth. And, uh, I'm not special. Um, I'm just a guy that had an awakening, I guess, who woke up to the corruption. I was, uh, compartmentalized for a very long time and, uh, indoctrinated for a very long time. And, um, I always knew that there was something festering underneath. I always had sort of a proclivity to, um, enjoy like the genres of like dystopian science fiction <laughs> and uh you're a george also, orwell fan <laughs> exactly like I'm, i like I, blade runner v for vendetta like what mm-hmm. have you so i always had a proclivity proclivity to that and um one day it really just like clicked with me and uh, it, it happened when the COVID happened, it happened when the BLM riots happened, really. Mm-hmm. That's really over the top for me. And uh, Wait, wait. I- you mean the summer of peace and love? Yeah, the summer of love, right? The Chaz <laughs> Chop, yeah. There's the summer of love. You believe- exactly. There's nothing wrong with what's going on. They're just peacefully protesting. You just hit it on the head, James. That, that was the type of hypocrisy and just blatant in your face inversion mm-hmm. that just smacked me across the head and was like, dude, now it's your time to wake up. Now it's your time to stop facing this. And um, I talk about this on other podcasts that I go on. I was a big like Howard Stern fan. Right. And when, when I listened to him and he was always very pro police officer, I remember I, I listened to him whenever, when I was even a little kid with, with my father in the car, I remember mm-hmm. the nine 11 episode when he was talking about, he was very patriotic and everything like that and talking about his support for the police. So he's always been like that. So, and I knew he was beginning to become very liberal and leftist and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I would begin to like, you know, just not even register it because my mind didn't really work like that. I was such a normie, you know, normies minds don't work like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Dichotomy. Yeah, it takes that neo red pill first uh, to see the dichotomy. But um, when he didn't say anything about the BLM riots and he was like, yeah, basically, yeah, they're pretty good, Robin. You know, Black Lives Matter. They're going to do what they got to do. And I uh, I think it's okay." He Mm -hmm. said that and it just snapped in me. I'm like, everything they said about this guy is true. Mm -hmm. And then you then I saw it in everybody else. I saw it 
whatever, Colbert, what have you, uh, right. actors, actors that I love, Leonardo DiCaprio, all these people. And they're all saying, and then you start to see them all saying the same things. And then it's just from there, you cannot deny it anymore. And then, of course, after you take the red pill, you, you take the black pill and you get a little depressed for a while. And then you try to tell people like, dude, yo, this is what's happening, bro. This, that, the other thing. Like, and then, you know, they don't want to hear. It. And then you become the exact person that you were resisting in the beginning when you were a normie. So like my best right. friend. Shout out Kramer, my boy Kramer. He always tried to um, wake me up on stuff. And he would literally tell me, he's like, dude, you're a leftist, bro. You're a leftist. I'm like, I'm not a leftist, man. I'm not a leftist. I just think a girl should be able to do what she could do with her own body. You know, like just saying the dumb <laughs> leftist talking points. But he was completely like, he knew me better than I knew myself. And as it goes, you know, like you can lead the horse to, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And, uh, one day I basically just made myself drink and I couldn't stop drinking and I just been slurping up ever since. So mm -hmm. that's me. Yeah. I like to, I like to say that I'm a sponge because once I, you know, find something, then there's always something else and something else. And I just feel like the need to like soak up everything I can. So would you say, I mean, do you think that a lot of the, the programming that you had at the time, do you think it was indoctrination from education or uh, like growing up and, you know, this is the way, you know, the culture, the society that you're living in, you know, mm -hmm. these were the normal things. What do you, what do you think was the case for you? Yeah, that's a really good question because uh, it's not a one pronged attack. It's a multi pronged attack. So through the entertainment, through the music, through the academia, uh, through the political correctness, through um, peer pressure and really mm -hmm. bullying to make you conform to a certain way and right. make you unaccepted if you don't conform to that certain way. Because in college, you know, I was a bit of an outlier. I, I wouldn't really consider myself a like, a leftist when I was there. Cause I, you know, I would make fun of things and stuff like that. I, I never hated Trump. I never had like Trump derangement syndrome or anything like that. <laughs> I always thought Trump was funny. I always thought he was kind of like a novelty, you know what I mean? So, right. <laughs> but all the kids around me in college, they were all, you know, I, when I did college radio, I did college radio from my, uh, my school, William Patterson university. And I, I would play clips. I would play fun little clips. Like, like I would do little bits where I was talking to Trump and I would play Trump drops. I'd be like, Oh, Mr. Trump, what do you think of this? And like, it's billions and billions and it's great. And it's beautiful. And like, <laughs> my program director <laughs> at college radio, he like basically gave me an air check and he was like, uh, yeah, um, we don't want you to uh, play clips like that because, you know, even though you're you're not picking a side, some people might. It's upsetting. Uh, yeah, exactly. Some people might just hear Trump's voice and then just, you know what I mean? So that's what he told me. And I always thought that was just weird. But I was like, OK, whatever. And I'm still going to do what I do. You know, I, I never listened to what the hell he said because <laughs> I was the best guy at that radio station. I did three shows. You know, I, I, I always push the boundaries and all that stuff. And um, through that, we'll talk about more about the leftist indoctrination too, because mm -hmm. uh, when I got out of college, I worked at a very uh, high profile corporation, a uh, Sirius XM satellite radio. 
And over there, it's the music industry, you know? Right. So it is completely on that side. But when I was a normie, I wasn't like really privy to it. I thought it was just how everybody is. I didn't see it as indoctrination. And that's, that's the thing is when you're indoctrinated, you don't realize that you are. Right. So, um, you know, while, while I was there with it, it was a great job. They, they taught me so much. I worked in music. I worked, I worked for the, the metal channels. I got to do things. Oh, yes. Yeah. I got to work for that. I worked out to work for Octane and liquid metal. Like if you, if you listen to Sirius XM, like, and if you know who mm -hmm. Jose Mangan is, like I was like his like right hand, like I would curate content ingest music into the system and everything. So it was a really a badass dream job for me. I always wanted to work there, especially because I was a fan of Howard Stern my entire life. Right. Right. Then, um, this is where I snapped. This is where the red pill moment happened. This is where Neo's awakening happens, you know, cliche, so to speak. Um, when the COVID lockdowns happened, we all started working from home and they gave us all work from home rigs and everything like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, I was working for them from home for two years, you know, and I, I got promoted in this time. I, uh, everything was going good. They gave me channels. They gave me more responsibilities. I was able to have more creative, um, flexibility with what we do on the channels and everything was going good. And then they told me, uh, Joe, we're going to need you to come back at least, uh, once, once every week to work a hybrid work schedule. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Like, hey, that's, that's what everybody seems to be doing right now. Yep. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. No problem. Cool. I like. I love the office there. The office was sick. You got to see, you got to see celebrities. You got to see all sorts of people. It was, it was a fun office for real. And, um, but they were like, okay, but this is the company's uh, vaccine mandate. You cannot enter or exit the building unless you get, uh, you know, the shot and have your QR code and you flash mm -hmm. your QR code every single time you exit and enter the building. Right? right. So this is as I'm getting my awakening. This is as I'm seeing all the hypocrisy. This is as I'm connecting those dots. This is mm -hmm. as I'm learning about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic <laughs> Forum and the Agenda 2030 and transhumanism and eugenics and 9-11 being an inside job. And, you know, look at just really just taking a download of everything that I can. So before I, before I was taking this download, I was already tripping about the shot. I really wasn't feeling it. I don't like shots as it begins with. I think it's creepy. I think it's sketchy as being a fan of dystopian uh, fiction, you always, they're always taking a shot in the, mm -hmm. in the giver. You got to take your morning shot. Oh, you haven't taken your morning shot today. Is something wrong? You know, mm -hmm. so I always thought it was creepazoid stuff. And I was like, look, I have no problem going to the office, but is there any way that we can get an exemption for this vaccine? And they're like, yes, you can get a religious exemption. You can get this exemption. This is the protocol that you need to go through. Cool. Dope. I get a religious exemption from my church leader. I joined a, a church, uh, shout out Jesus Christ's holy temple. God bless them. And he started this church literally to give people vaccine mandates, uh, vaccine exemptions, and it's mm -hmm. been sprouting ever since. So God bless Rob and Eric at Jesus Christ's holy temple. Just a little shout out to them right here on your podcast, Janet, if you don't mind. And Not at all. They wrote me the most eloquent, most in-depth, exemption you will ever see with biblical references, legal references, 
everything above and beyond what they asked for. I even wrote my own personalized letter Mm -hmm. describing my beliefs and why I don't want to take the shot. Well, long story short, it wasn't enough. Some uh, HR lady that I never met before who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, was the one uh, with a shaved head and is the uh, diversity and inclusion type of individual. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) A person I never met before. So that's how this protocol goes. They tell you to go through all these steps. And then a person that you have no personal connection to is going to sit there like, like an algorithm, like an AI, like a biological android. And just stamp on you and, and try to make it hard for you to get approved for your exemption. It's their job mm-hmm. to make it hard to try to disprove you. So essentially, it was just they didn't accept they didn't accept my uh, religious right exemption, and uh, I had to cut ties with them. Essentially, and um, at first it was tough, but it was good because you know God puts you through challenges for sure. And Amen. Yeah. God puts you through challenges. And it's funny because I always prayed to have that job. And it's funny because like the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, you know, mm-hmm. but now I feel like the Lord is giving more than ever. It was difficult when it happened, but God plays the long game for sure. And now we're, we're moving forward with it. So I, um, as much as it hurt, as much as it was like a weird shakeup for me, messing with my whole career path, because I was, I was planning on staying with this company for the rest of my life, you right. know? And, um, and I think you're in the you're in the same boat with, you know, so many people because um, like my husband, God love him. He works in healthcare as well. Um, and they denied every single exemption for every single employee. Um, and of course, you know, I, I helped him write the letter. We used the biblical references. We did the personal thing. We go to church all the time. So we had all the ducks in a row and they denied them all the way across the board, including all medical exemptions. And it was like, if you want to keep your job here, either you're going to get it or we're going to fire you. And, and But you want to know something funny? Okay. So they, they forced all of these employees to get vaccinated and they fired a bunch of people who refused. And then like uh, the next year, they offered to pay everybody's health care premiums for a year in full. And I was like, oh, trying to avoid some lawsuits, are we now? <laughs> it's just it's just Aren't you sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable to me how a corporation that you work for mm-hmm. and just medically rape you. Mm-hmm. This is it's medical rape. We're putting something inside of you that you do not want, that you have vehemently denied. Mm-hmm. And they just say compliance, mandate, stop mm-hmm. the spread, science. And it's like a cult. And right. back to the indoctrination question, I was on an island, you know, all these people that I thought were my friends over at Sirius and at my old job, whatever. I don't even want to use the name that much. But um, all my nobody reached out to me. Nobody was like, "Oh, Joe, I hear what's going on with you." No, I, right. I didn't see anybody else, you know, 
fighting for this. Even the people that I thought were like more on my wavelength, they weren't even picking up on this. They're like, yeah, I just got boosted too. I just got my third booster. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was telling them like, don't you find it creepy that they want you to swipe in your QR code every single time you exit and enter the building? Doesn't that creep you out at all? Doesn't it creep you out that they tell you to take an injection? You know, I don't really think about it that much. You know, I just want to live my life. And it's this, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's this complacency. Like who's living your life? You know, somebody's exactly. living your life for you. It's this, it's this Trojan horse, this like inverted deception of, oh, mm -hmm. do what I tell you to do so you can make your own choices. Right. Right. And, and how, how hypocritical is it with the whole, you know, forcing people against their will to do this if you want to. Uh, keep your job or if you want to feed your family or you know whatever but then we have to fight for for women's rights mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. for their for, for their, their bodily their autonomy yeah. and i'm just like mm -hmm. that's why there's no consistency it, like the everything is so funny to me because of course um like my daughter when she was going through college had the whole you know curriculum that was instilled in school and it was all about you know you had to take gender studies classes and all of that stuff and they they want you to go to marches and rallies and stuff and you know so she was very like brainwashed even though I'm very vocal about stuff she was very brainwashed at the time about you know BLM and stuff like that and I always have these discussions with her I'm like you know um, equality is great if it's actual real equality, but when you're raising up another group over everyone else, that's not equality. When you're, you know, like the only people that matter this week are LBGTQ or next week it's, it's only people that are African American or, you know, whatever it, Jewish people or, you know, whatever you want to throw out there. But it's like trampling on everybody else at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mean, I'm like, I'm like, that's not true equality. I'm like, that is so manipulative. That is such a manipulation tactic. And you don't even see it. And so I had to break it down and explain it to her, you know, and go back like all the way in history. And she's like, Oh my God. Like I never saw that. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. I, I had to mm. have the same kind of uh, thing with my cousin, who's like a, a, a big leftist, you know, and I, she's sort of coming around now, but you know, she mm -hmm. was died in the wool. I think she still is, you know, I don't, but they don't, they don't know history. That's right. the thing is I, I told her, I'm like, don't you understand? Did, did you ever hear the leaders of black lives matter? Don't, did you ever hear them say that they're trained Marxists? She's mm -hmm. like, what's a Marxist? What's what's Marxism? <laughs> and then it's like, it's like, I can't, you, you, you live in a foundation. You live in a fortress right. of lies. You know, you live in a fortress that you think is made out of concrete and fortified by bricks, but it's all styrofoam and paper mache. Mm -hmm. And it, I, to, to break down your fortress of lies you, now you got to build it back up with truth. So it's it's hard to do that upon somebody. It right. really has to come from within. And I, I've experienced it firsthand. 
you know, it really has to come from within. So that's, that's one of the other things is like, Oh, Joe, how do you, how do you wake people up? How do we wake people up? Why don't people, you really got to find it on your own. You know, like there's, there's a light, a light bulb moment needs to occur within you. Something has to happen. That's so egregious that it's like, it snaps you. Right. You know, because and that's, that's that's the question I get all the time too. And what I think it boils down to is that person that you're trying to talk to about stuff is not going to hear you. They're not going to listen unless it is something that affects one of their morals and values, you know, and, and it could be like the, the smallest thing, but once they hear, you know, whatever conflicts with their internal belief about something that's been ingrained in the, you know, in their belief system, that's what's going to trigger them to start looking into other stuff. Uh, you can't do it for them. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. It has to be something that hits home for them. Mm -hmm. And like, just another thing about like, you know, music and entertainment and stuff like like I worked in heavy metal, right? Like, mm -hmm. isn't heavy metal supposed to be like, you, we don't judge you. You do what you want. You're right. the master of your own destiny. But you better obey the left. Unless body. you're a rage against the machine. Yeah. Now it's a <laughs> rage on behalf of the machine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm if so excited you that you're not, a, you're not accepted in the metal community. What? Right. What? Yeah. If you don't take and this it, big pharmaceutical injection and obey the, the, the pharmaceutical fascists, you're, you're a fascist. Well, and you know, the weird thing is like, we love metal stuff that, that used to be like our quote vacations as we would go to, to metal shows or festivals or, you know, whatever. And when they started that, that horse shit where you can't you can't attend a concert at, at an outdoor venue unless you're vaccinated i'm like well i guess we will never go see a show again like how is that metal i'm like i guess we'll just like have our local band friends like set up in our yard and like play out here in the woods you it know what i'm saying it just goes <laughs> against everything that is metal and that's why you like i like seeing bands like megadeth and bands like Five Finger Death Punch, even like, like even newer bands like Falling in Reverse, like they mm -hmm. totally say fuck you to this shit, you know? Like I, right. I love it. So yeah, that's, and it's it, metal. That's what's really metal. Because like I don't care if you take a vaccine. I wish you wouldn't. I you know I would recommend against it, but you shouldn't care if I don't want to take a vaccine. You know what? What destroys me, though, like earlier you were talking about, um, you know, like radio personalities and, and favorite actors and stuff like that, that, you know, basically you're finding out all kinds of shit you don't want to know about them. So we're driving in the car yesterday and my husband's like, oh, like, here, here's a new song from Metallica. And I love Metallica. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm. Take your vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> this was weird. And it was like, um, everybody that knows me knows that uh, I grew up in Catholic church. I went to Catholic school. I know all kinds of shit about the Catholic church now. So that is like not any part of my life now. But um, they have a new song called Lux Eterna. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, you know, and then right after that, they had another new song that came on that was... It, if darkness had a sun, mm -hmm. like S U N, and I'm like, mm -hmm. hmm. 
Mm. Getting into the <laughs> getting into no, the um, satanic devil worship shit, are we? Yo, okay. Janet, I I love Metallica too. Mm. Like they were like my first ever band that like got me into metal. Like when I was a little mm -hmm. kid, I discovered Metallica. I was like, what the fuck is this? this <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And um, when I, when I saw them uh, shill at the 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 Global Citizens mm -hmm. uh, concert or whatever, like, right? Thing that's like. It's like sponsored by Bono and, mm -hmm. and Sean Penn and like all the usual suspects go there. And then, you mm -hmm. know, Metallica's got Metallica's like establishment now, you know? Right. It's like 100%. But Megadeth isn't. You still see Dave Mustaine like going out there. And that's why they don't, that's why you can't like really even see Dave anywhere. Well, and truth be told, maybe that is why it, he had his break from them a long time ago. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. because they wanted to go the route of, you know, being up uh, producers' butts and stuff. And he's like, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they got a little too big for their britches, you know. That's mm -hmm. that's kind of what happens. Like, they, they just, like, it's it's too big to fail now, Metallica. And the, the money, it's, it's, a, it's a, the money can just get to people i guess even with james i don't i don't know what goes on in their heads i don't know what their true beliefs are you know i just know that they're not doing if they do know what's going on i know kirk hammett and i'm pretty sure lars are like leftists but mm -hmm. i don't know enough about james i think james kind of keeps his beliefs like on the down low he doesn't really talk that much Right, but I know I know Kirk and Lars are I think are big leftists, but you know that they're Calif they're Californies, you know, are Californies, Californies. But you know the thing that I I never understood is like uh, musicians, actors, all of that stuff. For them to be a leftist, I don't get that anyway, mm -hmm. um, because th they want to control everything they want to control your money they want you know uh, one world government one world religion you know this 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 they want you to fall in line lockstep with everything that they say and do and you would think that being you know that creative side-brained type person that they would be like no like that doesn't make any sense that doesn't line up with like me traveling the world and yeah. making tons of money and yeah, yeah no. I, I mean even even like uh not even that big metal bands like even a band like shine down like they're they're <laughs> shout this. out shine down yeah local boys. completely against like this type of stuff like i remember yeah. when i was still working at sirius we did an interview with them and i was editing the interview and uh, they were talking about every like they basically having a conversation like us, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like these guys are going in heavy. I'm not going to edit any of this out, you know. I I would use <laughs> full disclosure. I, I was the I was an editor, so I basically had like free reign to edit out or keep in what I wanted to keep in. If some dude was coming up there spewing like some leftist propaganda, I edited right out. You know, <laughs> like, we're, we're not putting this on our channel. <laughs> Well, hey, it gets done to uh, everybody all the time. So there yeah. you go. Turnabouts well, airplane. We got to counterbalance it somehow, right? <laughs> but um, shit, man, there's something. There's so much I want to talk to you about. Have at it. Like I'm, I'm so excited about this because, you know, just listening to you and and knowing the things that you talk about and how just ungodly important that is 
to tie everything together. Like, you know, my avenue is healthcare, but I love tying in like how healthcare and the banking system and, you know, the federal government and all of that stuff is tied together because everything's in a neat little package with a, a tidy little bow on top, you know, and, and so many people are like, what, how, how what does that have to do with something else? Exactly. So I love what you do on your show. Thank you so much, Janet. And that's, that's really like what I wanted to do with the show, you know, working in radio and stuff like that. It really taught me how to use this technology and, you know, post-production edit. And I've, I've always hosted, I've always been a host and I, I right. love it. It's fun. Yeah. I love to just get it off my chest. It's, it's therapeutic for me in a way. So I was like, I need to make this podcast. Mm -hmm. I have the means to do it. I have the skills. I have the know-how. I have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I need to do this podcast. And when I was asking myself, like, okay, well, what's this podcast going to be? I want it to be something that could a, a normie could listen to mm -hmm. and maybe sway their opinion, maybe give them right. some knowledge that they didn't have before and maybe mm -hmm. shift their perspective on things, you know? So th that's why I make it a point to play clips and that's right. the main thing I do on Connect Those Dots is mm -hmm. I play the Klaus Schwab clips. I play right. the Bill Gates clips. I play Albert Borla. I play Yuval Noah Harari talking, you will have surveillance under the skin and we will watch you everywhere you go. And Klaus Schwab, <laughs> this is the first industrial revolution and we will get your body. This is the fusion of the biological and the synthetic. And then you have Albert Borla over there, the Pfizer CEO. Mm -hmm. uh, with a uh, biological pill that you digest into your stomach and then it sends signal to the company telling them if they took your pills or not. You know what? And it's you have so Bill Gates. Sorry, I got one more impression for you. <laughs> then you have Bill Gates up there at the TED Talk talking about, oh, we got to get the carbon down to zero. And if we do a really good job of vaccines, we could get the carbon down to zero. Oh. So I make it a point to play these clips, like hear it from the horse's mouth yourself. You tell me it was taken out of context. You tell me, oh, he didn't mean what he was saying right there. He's just uh, right. Speech. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Good. I want to know, um, like, have you ever thought about, uh, being a voiceover actor. I have, I have like tried out and stuff like that. You know, I, I kind of just mess around and stuff. I always wanted to be a voiceover actor, but I, I never had like a real outlet to, to, to like find. Oh, yeah, you'd be, you'd be perfect for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I walk around and my wife, she tell me, I don't want to live with Klaus Schwab. I, I married <laughs> Joe Wakili, not Klaus Schwab. But here I am. I live as the first industrial revolution. And when you see these people, when you see him dressed up in his Klingon outfit and you see Bill Gates in his, 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 his pink sweater and with his moves, with yeah, his, with his moves. moves. And he's gonna give you synthetic <laughs> breast milk now, and he's gonna make you eat the bugs, and he's gonna give you the fake meat. He he was recently. I have a clip. I haven't used it yet on the podcast. I'm waiting to use it. But he, there's a new clip of him talking about. Yeah, um, farming's really bad for the environment, and um, we're gonna make a meat substitute, and <laughs> hopefully it's good. Like literally, he sits there and giggles, and he's like, oh, "Hopefully it's good." 
Oh, I can only imagine what it's going to be because, you know, they came out with that, what is it, Beyond Meat or whatever the hell. And every single person, I've never bought it. I would never buy anything like that. Oh but God. every single person that I know that has ever bought that is like, oh, it's so bad. It's, it's garbage. It stinks. It tastes terrible. I'm like, well, then why do you buy that? I'm like, you know, like real meat, that's so much better for you. That's the yeah. funniest thing is that vegans always try to imitate real food. Like we'll, you'll go on, you'll go on Instagram or something. You'll see a real, I have the best recipe for vegan chicken wings. Right. <laughs> like, dude, and, chicken is an animal. Yeah. <laughs> and make a and vegan, vegan cheese. Oh my God. I have tried that before. That stuff is so nasty. I'm just like, I think eating the bottom of my shoe would taste better. I mean, honestly, at least they're basically flavored. It'd probably have more nutritional value in it too on the bottom of your shoe than whatever the hell this shit's made out of. Exactly. It's sickening. Yeah. I mean, me and my wife, like we sit and we watch like food videos. We watch this guy, Google foods. Like he makes like steaks all the time. We, you know, he's, and he tests out different ways to make steaks. And then he's like, okay, folks, I got some imitation steak right here. We're going to see if it's good or not. It's, it's pathetic looking. It doesn't mm -hmm. even look like steak. And even if it did look like steak, it would concern me even more because how, how are you getting these lab chemicals to imitate like muscle tissue and fat and well you want to know what they're working on is 3d printing meat and i'm like i don't uh, like they're even 3d printing blood now and i'm like mm, if i got in a massive accident and had the choice between i don't know like a family member donating to me or like 3d printed blood hmm wonder what i would pick oh yeah really i know right <laughs> 3d let me have that 3d ball. printed steak because mm. Mm, that ribeye looks good yes mm, uh, no. the only way you will have a real steak is in the mattress when you will go into the mattress then you will have the real steak <laughs> but, hey I mean but but listen podcasters you know that's a new thing now is is doing your your podcast in the metaverse and, and a, a broadcasting in a VR city and I'm like mm, yeah, hard I mean, pass. I mean I could understand that's kind of cool, you know, like that's a cool way mm, to use the yeah. technology. You know what I mean? Like I don't think anything is inherently bad. I don't think like I like video games, you know, I don't think video games are inherently bad. But I think um you know getting addicted to them obviously can be really detrimental mm -hmm. to you and i don't think the metaverse inherently is like bad technology like i think it could be used for something cool maybe like that but the the plans that they have for it obviously right. is the is the weird shit you know right. like, like i've been vaccinated in my life you know i i honestly don't want to take any more vaccines i don't want my children to take any vaccines Same. i don't want yep. any needles near my kids you know i've been but i'm, I'm not anti-medicine you know, I understand right. medicine is good, you know, even like back in the day uh, when when this when the doctors really would go to the, the third world countries and they would go to these village where they had diseases, you know, mm -hmm. they would come with good intentions. The missionaries, the, right. the Christian doctors, they would come and they would heal. The villagers would run to the white coats. Right. right. Then you had people Trojan horsing those white coats and then coming with malevolent intent. 
right like bill gates and his and his company like our buddy bill and um yeah they would run away from the white coats Mm -hmm. there's there's give and take to everything but I, I don't think there's any good technology with 3D printed meat. <laughs> I don't think that's a good. I yeah, no. And I, I like me a good steak. And uh, I can honestly say I would not be out there grilling up a 3D printed steak anytime in the near future. Mm-mm. And it's not even the flavor. Like, like obviously, steak is delicious. You see a nice juicy steak, you're just your mouth just begins to water. It's it's like you know it's how we're wired. It's our instinct. But the nutrition, I want the nutrition. I want right. the protein. I want the fat. I want the hemoglobin. Mm-hmm. I want the genetic memories of mm-hmm. that cow. <laughs> right. Every I want to absorb that cow. And- <laughs> when I drive by the cows in our neighborhood, I often have fantasies about how that would taste on my grill. Yes. <laughs> When I, I know see, that's going to piss some people off. I don't have that's those fantasies when I see a 3D printer. Sorry. Mm-mm. It's like Westworld, though. We we're talking about like dystopian fiction before. You ever see Westworld mm-hmm. on HBO? It's all just mm-hmm. 3D printed humanoids. They have 3D printed yeah. all sorts of creatures, you know? We watched some kind of creepy whatever movie over the weekend where these people traveled to this resort in like Croatia or something. And uh, the the guy accidentally hit somebody and killed him with his car. And so the police were going to charge him and they're like, well, um, what we can do, we can clone you and then we'll charge your clone and then you can go free. And so that's awesome. What is then, this? Then this dude got like addicted to like having clones made out of himself. So he would just go and like do all kinds of like terrible stuff and like, I don't know, stab people and whatever. They'll just make more clones. You just have to keep paying for these clones. And I'm like sitting there thinking, oh my God, that's totally like our government and our actors and literally everyone in that crazy world. They're all clones. And can you imagine how many times, because once you clone so many times, it malfunctions. Yo. That's crazy. I mean, what gets me every time with what you're saying, like, see, people will hear that and they'll be like, what the hell did I just hear? What kind of clone? Mm -hmm. People, they brag in the 80s. There's a Mm -hmm. CIA video of them bragging about how their mask technology was so good and so like accurate and just so convincing that Mm -hmm. they were able to stand like 10 feet, five feet away from the president of the United States. And they weren't even able to notice that the person was wearing a mask. They thought it was Mm -hmm. a real person talking to them. It was a CIA agent that was in charge of um, the masking uh, and the quote disguise program. I can't remember what her exact title was, but yeah, Mm -hmm. she, she was talking about that. And, and there've been, people in Hollywood and, and musicians and whatnot that, that literally talk about being cloned yeah. all the time. And they, they're on record talking about their cloning technology. Yeah. We're cloning mm-hmm. mice. Yeah. We're cloning uh, that we made mm-hmm. a human animal hybrids, human animal chimeras. Mm-hmm. Like there there's video of them, like news articles, mainstream news packages where they're literally bragging about their technological breakthroughs. So just imagine what you don't see. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine it, somebody's probably already working on it or already has executed it. 
But, you know, it's funny because I mentioned this um, a while back on a show. We don't live terribly far um, from a military base. Mm. And so um, I was, we live out in the country and I was sitting outside one night talking to a friend on the phone and I looked down and I'm like, oh my God, what in the hell is that? And it was a frog that had a rat tail and i'm not talking a tadpole it was a frog with a rat tail and i told my friend i'm like i'm gonna get in the bed of my truck right now um and i'm not gonna get out of this truck until that thing goes away because if they have blended these things together which they do all the time you don't know what they're capable of you don't know if they're poisonous you have no clue and i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get out of my truck bed Totally. I mean, until I no longer see that. There's and even people that are like that, of a frog. Yeah, there's even that viral video of like the bass with the human face. Mm -hmm. You ever see that video? It's like the, a little. It's like a big fat bass. Yeah, swimming up to shore, and it's got a little like a human face. Well, and and there's a there's a podcast called the um, what is it? The Bigfoot Chronicles. Um. Anyway, they talk about like people that have had you know, that have pictures and, and video and whatever of these like mishmashed creature things that they're creating. The military talks about it all the time where they're doing this, you know, kind of experimentation and they're dumb. So. Uh, I mean, I any, any, see, the thing is the thing that I've realized if you, if you can, completely deny something if you think it just sounds so outlandish on its face you've already lost you know mm -hmm. you should right. always take everything into account and see the actual reality and plausibility of it because they brag about their gene editing technology mm -hmm. i mean klaus himself says gene editing will be the future right we are we mm -hmm. are going to the first industrial revolution where we will mm -hmm. change you it's not what you are doing that will change you will change. So well, and that's the experiments that they're doing. Yeah. And that's the thing is that has been around for such a long time and they used to call it, you know, DNA splicing. And now it's CRISPR Cas9 technology. And and they have they they have documentaries on TV that people can watch where, you know, like a say a certain breed of dog has like hip dysplasia or something, they can actually isolate that gene that carries the hip dysplasia on that. Take that gene out, you know, cut it out with the genetic technology, CRISPR Cas9 stuff. They can take that out and then insert whatever they want to in that. And then, generations of dogs to come will no longer have that hip dysplasia gene so and, what do you think they can do to humans and like you just said you know like that is actually an example of the gene editing having a, maybe a positive effect you one could mm -hmm. argue you know but mm -hmm. this is all about playing god really at the end yes and it goes into transhumanism yes and even more rudimentary we talk about connecting those dots it goes into transgenderism, right? Transgenderism and transhumanism are two different heads on the same 
Right. Absolutely. You know, so to blur the lines of what a man is, what a Mm -hmm. woman is, you're blurring the lines of what a human being is. Right. Once you've blurred those lines, gender doesn't matter. So there two two genders are what exists. But once you have all sorts of genders, you Mm -hmm. have no gender any gender. So right. any gender and no gender are the same exact thing because well, there's only two genders. Right. And that's what they want. That's their goal. It's like the androgyny thing, you yeah. know, where, where you can't tell if it's male or female mm-hmm. and, and look at, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, ancient quote gods or goddesses or whatever you want to call them statues and all of that stuff where, it's like genderless and that's exactly where they're going with us or or hermaphroditic. So Mm -hmm. yeah, genderless and hermaphroditic, you know, are essentially one and the same because Mm -hmm. if you're, if, if you're multiple genders, then you're you're no gender at all. Right. And that's like the Baphomet, like you said, it has, it's the goat head with the, 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 the bare body or whatever. And the, Mm -hmm. the, the human female breasts and the, the, the strong musculature of a, of a man. So it's it's this it's this depiction and this image that's been, you know, through through the years, through the centuries that's been through here. And as you said, it's this hermaphroditic image and transhumanism, transgenderism. I mean, th- that's really the ultimate goal. It's and it's about playing God, because mm-hmm. once you can bl- we are the creation of God. Man and woman, God created man and woman, right? Mm-hmm. And once you distort that, once you remix that, you're spitting in the face of God's creation. Right. Which and is which is that they want to do. Yeah. You're trying to and they all talk about it. They all talk, they they openly talk use this language too. Right. We're going to replace God. God does not exist, but we will we will we will create him. That's what right. that's the language that they use. And I mean, it's funny because a person like Yuval Harari that I do the impression of, he's actually a rabbinical, he studied, he's a studied rabbinical uh, scholar. Mm-hmm. He's studied in biblical text. Right. So he knows biblical information. He, he's, he's a scholar of it. Mm-hmm. So he's actively choosing the promise of Satan. So mm-hmm. that's what Satan's promise is in the Bible, is that I'll make you a God. I'll give you the knowledge of God. You don't need God because you can be your own God. And that's mm-hmm. literally what these people are telling us day in and day out. Right. Right. A hundred percent. Huge level of a transhumanist, globalist, eugenicist, and down even to the lower level of your average, everyday, selfish, leftist person that mm-hmm. only thinks about themselves because that's that they think they're their own God as well. And right. that is one of the worst things in our, in our modern age is just the, the, the dissection of God from the souls of individual. That's why you see so many lost people out there. A hundred percent. And that's, that's one of the things that um, I try to reiterate frequently is the selfishness in our culture and how we are so consumed with instant gratification and me, 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 instead of what can I do for someone else? How can I serve someone else, you know, and take yourself out of the equation and think about other people instead of 
being so like self-centered that you're the, you think that you're the axis that the world spends on. You know what I mean? If you believe in a heliocentric model, which I don't. <laughs> That's up for debate. That's a whole other podcast. Just throwing that in there. That's a whole other podcast, Janet. Um, but I mean, seriously, see, like Lucifer was the ultimate narcissist. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought right. he could replace God. He thought he was smarter than God. He thought mm-hmm. his plan was better. And he tried to usurp God. And that's where that's like the core of this narcissistic society that comes from. And as you said, right. you know, there and there and the world controllers, that's what all this Huxley calls them in his book, Brave New World. He literally calls them the world controllers. And mm-hmm. that's what these people are. The world controllers understand your proclivity to want to be the center of attention. That's why they Mm -hmm. give you things like social media that they know it's a drug. Right. They don't need fentanyl to kill you. They don't need crack cocaine to kill you. The drug is already on your phone. Every single day you're trying to get that dopamine hit. And Mm -hmm. we see so many people addicted. And what pains me the most is the females and like we can talk about these these girls and they're, you can they're- be honest because I I feel <clears throat> I have very strong feelings about this. It's, Go ahead. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like these, the, the, I feel sorry for them. Like I don't want to sit here and make fun of them because like they're they're actually victim of they're victims of psychological warfare. Right. And they think that they'll be accepted. They think that they'll be gratified if they take a picture of their ass and mm-hmm. they'll get all those likes and they'll get all those comments and they'll see their followers start to take up. And then they'll start taking more pictures of their ass. And right. then they'll start, oh, this is a bikini pic. Oh, this is my gym pic. I'm going to show you how I squat at the gym. You think a girl is going on your profile to see how you can squat? It's not that hard to squat, honey. Right. Like, well, know, it, there may be girls going on there to... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The people that are looking at your profile are perverted dudes and Mm -hmm. you know it. Okay. And the psychosis that's being instilled in these, these girls, and then they try to justify it. Like they're not prostituting themselves, but they are. And again, if we want to go back to Bible dot connecting, it says it in the Bible that all the women will prostitute themselves. You know, mm-hmm. when you read that, you're like, well, how does, what does that even mean? What, how does that even make sense? And you see it right before your eyes. So all right. these things that were written down in that book 2000 years ago, it's almost like they were given a vision mm-hmm. of what will what will come to pass. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know how to describe it. So they wrote it down the best way they knew how to. Right. Even well, when you see Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I was going to say about like the internet stuff, people are so concerned about getting validation um, for themselves that they seek out validation through perfect strangers, you know, to say, you're a good person or you're pretty to look at or your makeup's nice or, or whatever the case may be. You, you shouldn't be seeking validation from anybody other than God in the first place. Yeah. And if you are, and if you're like, you can't stop yourself from, you know, daily underwear pics or whatever, uh, you really need to do some self-evaluation. Because you got your morals in the wrong place. 
shut up. I mean, I'm trying to accentuate my femininity. <laughs> You're just against women. And like, yeah, the, so the nipple challenge, the nipple thing here lately. I'm just like, oh, my Lord. So like, Jane, I like, have to show my nipple in public or I'm not a female. Oh, okay. Like, how do you break through that psychosis? You know, you, you're trying to help somebody. You're trying to explain to them that like, look, yeah, it's not your fault. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But this indoctrination gets, it becomes a part of the person, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I feel bad. Like, I don't, I know all those things like daily wire and stuff. Like they'll play videos of the TikTokers and they'll goof on them and they'll make fun of them. But like, truly, I feel sorry for these people. I feel sorry for the healthcare industry who has resorted to twerking instead of patient care. I don't know in what world, in what facility that I've ever worked at, that that would be acceptable behavior. Um, but that's, that's where our society has fallen, yep. where instead of uh, providing exceptional patient care and I shall do no harm to a patient. We're worried about twerking our butts on, on social media or likes and shares. It's, it's terrible. Really? It, it's, it, I mean, and like the nurse is not like, I thank God, like, please, like Jesus Christ, may you never test me where I have to go to a hospital because I do not want to be anywhere near one of those damn Baphomet hospitals. And that's one of the biggest red pills, too. Why is the hospital symbol the damn Baphomet symbol with the serpents mm -hmm. swirling into the, the, the scepter? Mm -hmm. Why doesn't anybody ever talk? Where did that symbol come from? So I don't want to be anywhere near those twerking nurses mm -hmm. that are giving people lethal injections of mRNA spike protein all day. And I don't want right. to be anywhere near these doctors that are literally told to give people vaccines and to keep actual therapeutics away from people. I got so sick. I don't know if it was COVID or anything. I never took a test. Thank God I never took a test. You don't need to take a test. I got mm -hmm. so sick. Like I, it, it was, it was like a pretty heavy flu, you know, like, and I was just so depleted and weak. And I was like, I need ivermectin. I need to get ivermectin. I got on a zoom with a doctor. I had to friggin' twist her arm to get me that ivermectin. And then she's like, okay, I'll write you the prescription, but I'm going to put a little asterisk right here saying that I don't recommend it. So like the doctors are literally told like, don't write prescriptions for ivermectin, mm -hmm. give people therapeutics, incentivize people to take the vaccine. That's what exactly what it, well, and that's the problem with healthcare. And it's been that way, you know, for, well, thank you, Obama, um, for making everything electronic because when he did, um, all of your data is no longer safe um, because it goes straight to the World Health Organization. So all of these creepy scientists and shit that are doing these uh, vaccines and, and genetic testing and all of that crap, that's where they're getting your information from. Um, and so in that system, they built in a monetary reimbursement system with the pharmaceutical industry and the doctors. And so you have Pfizer reps are the largest uh, group of representatives that will ever come into a medical facility to sell you every product that they have, whether it's 
been pulled off the market or not. Um, and then you're incentivized. Your doctor is incentivized for writing those scripts. And since it's electronic, they can keep track of that so easily. And, and there you have, there you have your bonus money. Mm -hmm. Even and though it's have. supposed to be, it's supposed to be illegal um, and unethical for doctors to take bribes. I can tell you and reassure you that they do. A hundred percent. Every doctor I've ever worked for has. Of course, a doctor is just a human being like any other, and they yeah. can be corrupted. Just because yeah. they wear a white lab coat doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're a hierarchy above you. You know, and, right. and it's like, it's like the new priest class. You know, right. when the when the priest sat there and they took advantage of Christianity and they wanted to get mm -hmm. gains out of it. Oh, I talk to God every day. If you want to talk to God, just give me some money and I'll talk to him for you. So mm -hmm. it's like the it's it's a cult. It's the right. new priest class. Science is the the new god. <laughs> Science is the new cult. You have your patron saints of science, like Saint yep. Fauci, Saint Borla, Saint, saint Gates. Gates, and they're all saints of evil, and they're all and they're all just creepazoids, man. I mean, I got to take a breath real quick because I, I get real hyped up. <laughs> breathe, breathe. I get real breathe. hyped up. When you see a lizard like Gates telling you, and he sits there with his lizard ex-wife, and they're like. Yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna give it to the old people and the black people first because we the think people in poor yeah. countries. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm just weird. People out. and and think of this: why the hell would you need to go and test vaccinations on people in poor countries? Why not? They don't have access to healthcare. Most of them live in the middle of nowhere. There's no transportation to get anywhere if they needed testing or hospitalization. So why the hell do you think that they test them there? And you know what, Janet? These people, they don't have any regard for human life. No. So when you hear these things and you think to yourself, why would they do that? How could they do that? They're, Bill Gates was born into a eugenics family. His mm -hmm. mother was this like the CEO of IBM that worked for the Nazis and worked for Hitler. If mm -hmm. if IBM didn't exist, they wouldn't be able to round up the Jews and have their Q uh, their their punch card technology that, right. that was like the first ever sort of social credit score mark of the beast type thing. The mm -hmm. Q, uh, the the punch card technology right. that IBM instituted for the Nazis to keep track of all of the uh, people in the death camps. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's Bill Gates' mommy. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates' daddy was one of the founders of Planned Parenthood with Margaret Sanger, who's an admitted eugenicist and mm -hmm. KKK member who said mm -hmm. people are human weeds and they have no chance in life and we got to get rid of them. So right. that's who Bill Gates' parents are. They try to make him look like he's, oh, this grassroots guy. Oh, he started Microsoft in his garage. He's just this nerdy uh, boy wonder genius. He was groomed. He was brought into a world of, of, of carrying out the foundation that his parents already established for him. Mm -hmm. So 100%. Bill, Gates, Bill Gates is not a person like you and I. He doesn't see humans like a, a, like a divine soul like you and I do. He just no. sees you as a nihilistic organic matter that, that you, you can be tested on. You can be gotten rid of. You can be replaced. You can... 
a commodity. Well, and it's funny because, uh, you know, Fuhrer Fauci, uh, same thing, has a long history of um, genetic testing um, on children of color in orphanages in New York. There's two different facilities that he used. Um, and why do they, why do they, you know, perform procedures and, and testing and stuff like that on, on orphans? Because why not? Who the hell's going to look after them? Who's looking for them? No one is. And that's the dehumanization. And then you, we, if you want to know what the goals of the globalist eugenicists are, just, just look at China. Just mm -hmm. look at the CCP, okay? Right. They hunt down anybody that has a religion. You're a Christian. You're a Buddhist. You're a Muslim. Mm -hmm. They hunt you down, and they harvest your organs. Look they, at the Uyghurs. Yeah. They kidnap you. They detain you. They displace you. They dismember mm -hmm. you, harvest your organs, and sell it on the black market. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry of mm -hmm. just dehumanism. And right. if you want to connect some dots, just look at abortion here in America. Mm -hmm. That's that's see, they want to they, they love to cover it up. Oh, it's a woman's choice. Oh, it's a clump of cells. Mm -hmm. Aren't cells alive? Aren't if, if that's a clump? Yes. Of cells, aren't you and I a clump of cells, too? So if you identify it as a clump of cells and you can get rid of it, if I identify you as a clump of cells, can I get rid of you, too? Well, and that's the thing, because, you know, since we can do abortion, um, even after, you know, the, the baby's born, let's, let's do that. Where does that stop? Where do you draw the line? Did one day you're like, uh, my 35 year old, like son won't move out. And so like, I want to get rid of him. And so what, you're going to have the right to like kill your child off because they don't want to move out. I mean, where do you put a stop to, you know, six weeks isn't long enough. Eight weeks isn't long enough. Nine months in isn't long enough. Oh, after I've given birth, that's not long enough. So it's constantly moving that goalpost to get to whatever end game that they want. Well, and then the move again. Moving, if you want to talk about moving the goalpost, look no further than Canada, where mm -hmm. they are promoting a government-assisted suicide, mm -hmm. and minors can choose to be suicided, and they won't even tell the parents. Well, um, isn't that a great society that we live in, where that's the message? Uh, let's just uh, kill off our most vulnerable population, and. You are not smart enough by God to know how to vote, right? But you're smart enough at three years old to know that you want to transition. And you know, the funny thing is, I was reading the other day, <clears throat> and I've done a show about um, the um, Tavistock Institute. I've done lots of shows about that. But they got into trouble uh, because their transitioning program was like 89% uh, mentally disabled people, right? And so guess what's happening in the United States? Exact same thing, where they're finding that this, you know, the indoctrination program that the World Health Organization has put into our school system it's transitioning nicely 
And most of the children that are going into, you know, these counselors or whatever going, I want to transition. They are mentally handicapped children. It just, it just makes me so sick to my stomach. It's just, it's just preying on the weak. And that's what they always do though. Think about, think about shoving, um, flu shots and pneumonia shots and shingles vaccines and all that shit. It's always elderly patients, um, nursing home patients. Uh, so like the most vulnerable, it's either the oldest or the youngest because like, why they're not, they're not wink contributors to society. And they have nobody to advocate for them. Mm -hmm. it, it, once they go away, once the, once they've been used up, and mm -hmm. they've been wrung dry for everything that they can. They right. oh, they they were gonna die anyways. It just happened. They right. were they were already weak. They were already well, this. And so if you think about it too, um, if you get rid of all the children, right? They're not they're not working. They're not contributors. So there's no money to gain from them. And uh, elderly people have already retired. And so if we get rid of all the elderly people. They can keep their money, right? Because, <laughs> because you know, by golly, uh, Ukraine needs more, more uh, money. I mean, isn't it so funny though? They're like, oh, we need to save money, and that's one of the things that they say in Canada about their MAID program, their assisted mm -hmm. suicide MAID program. It's like right. it will save the government so much money. You don't give a shit about money, like what do well, you about money? It would, it would save them in the aspect of of this. Um, since they have government health care, right? Um, the government has to pay for your drugs. Uh, think of what proportion of society now is on mental health drugs. Too many. Uh-huh. It's like that is that is the largest portion of society right now is mental health drugs. And so, yeah, the government would be saving a shit ton of money if they could just kill you all and not have to pay for Pfizer's meds anymore. Oop, did I see, say that? See, that's the thing mm -hmm. is, Janet, it's like we were talking about earlier is uh, like dystopian fictions. Mm -hmm. It's like they pluck little things from all of these different dystopian stories mm -hmm. and inject it into actual society. Like you said, um, uh, endorsing death, endorsing right. your, that's the whole climate <clears throat> stuff too. Like, Oh, you're, you're a blight on this planet. You're a cancer cell on the body of Gaia. You're, you're, you're mm -hmm. destroying the planet. So just kill yourself. And you know, it's a virtuous thing to do. And that that's like Logan's run. If you ever saw Logan's run from the eighties, it's about, you know, once they all have a little mark in their palm, of course. Mm -hmm. And of course. Once, once they get to a certain age, the mark goes off and it's like, bloop, 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 bloop. Okay. It's time to sacrifice yourself for the planet because we can't sustain too many people on this planet. And it's this big, nice ritual where they float around and they've and they, 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 they dematerialize into the ether. Yes. Nice thing I've seen and that. Celebrated. And so that's another aspect of it. And then you said the prescription drugs, mm -hmm. me and my wife were actually watching uh, on the streaming service, Peacock. They have actually a, a, a show, 
a very high quality show. If you have Peacock, it's it's Brave New World. It's literally Aldous Huxley's mm -hmm. book, Brave New World, made into a show. Yes. And that's the pharmaceutical aspect because whenever anything is going wrong, if any stress comes about you, if any pain, anything happens that you, you don't get comfortable, snick, snick, snick. They just Yeah. They oh. look like they look like little Skittles. Yeah, they look like little fun they little in their little canister. Yeah. Yep, yep. And they're your mood pills. They're your mood, mood pills. pills. That's, that's oh, and let's not forget about um oh poop. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about um another population control thing where every all the females can't have children now. Children of men. They're they're all infertile. It was um Children of Men. John Cusack was in this film. Is it Children of Men? Clive Owen? Oh, no. I don't remember. But it's like this this vaccination mm. thing that they gave people um, made all the females sterile. Hmm. Does that sound a wee tad familiar? Bingo. Yet again. Yet again. On target. Mm. You know? Weird. It just goes on and on. It just goes on and on. <laughs> now, let me ask you this question. Talk. This is very debatable to me. Do you believe that the world population is what they say it is? I never actually even pondered that. Um, I do not believe it for two seconds. Not even remotely close. And here's why. Because, number one, how do they know? Where are they getting their information from? And are these numbers that they put into a computer program, AI, some shit that spit this number out? Because think about like all the COVID numbers and stuff. It was an AI program through Johns Hopkins University. And this was their estimate. This is how many people are going to, you know, get sick and die and whatever. Every number that the government ever comes up with is bullshit every number uh, lying with statistics right and so i'm like mm, are there really that many people on the planet i mean you mm. know what janet I, i've never pondered that is the number actually true what i do know for sure is when they say oh we're overpopulated there's too many people on the planet mm-hmm that's fucking bullshit. That's not true. When I go yeah. on a plane, all I see is open, arid land for a civilization right. to inhabit and cultivate anything they want there. All I see right. is open land. So all they, even in China, which is one of the most populated places on the planet, it's mm -hmm. all condensed into the cities. So right. there's parts of China that are completely wide open. Right. And the, even, you know, even Elon Musk, whatever you think about him, he's even like that there's there's no overpopulation problem here. Like the, everybody like, you know, there's I don't think there's an overpopulation problem. Mm -mm. And it, it, th these are just mad people that have a bloodlust and control freaks that mm -hmm. want to kill people and they want to guilt you into going along with your own death. So they say right. you're, there's too many people on here. There's not enough room for you. We're killing the planet because of how many people we are. And we were consuming the world's un, um, non-renewable natural resources. So, you know, you got to get out of the way, but will these people that tell you to get rid of yourself, will they ever lead by example? Fuck no.
Well, and here's the question. Okay, so we are carbon beings, right? Um, anything That's living you get the carbon down and, exactly. Anything living is a carbon life form. Um, so humans, animals, plants, everything that's living is a human is a carbon form. Frog so rats. they want to get rid of uh, CO2 emissions. Um, you know, and, and that's their big talk all the time. And we are poisoning the planet, right? Okay. Let me ask you a question. Did you uh, dump nuclear waste, 400 million gallons of nuclear uh, waste into the water stream recently? Did you personally do that? Not me. Um, did you uh, derail the train that uh, poisoned uh, Palestine, Ohio? Nope. One me either. So all of these things that they they're gaslighting everyone. You people are poisoning the environment because and and back I can say this because I'm old as shit, but like back in the seventies, it was uh, Aquanet hairspray was a big thing, right? Uh, you can't use that because you're poisoning the ozone. You're going to put a hole in the ozone layer. So we have to take that away because look at what you people are doing. You, you, you are doing this. You and are where, all the, of us, but they're the, not. Janet, where's the fucking ozone layer now? They never talk about the ozone. And I did an episode about this, like debunking all of their climate apocalypse predictions. Right. In the 50s, Which has been a lot. In my yeah, lifetime, in the 50s, just they were saying by the 70s that the entire island of Manhattan was going to be underwater. Right. We're, we're, we're in 2022. I mean, like, We've supposed and, to have had an ice age. Um, the goes, polar uh, caps were supposed to melt multiple times. California was supposed to be underwater. Uh, Florida was going to break off. Guam was going to sink. Uh, it's always rain was going to fall from it, the sky. Uh, well, we did we did have an acid rain thing there for a little bit, but um, well, all the of they, these. I, I agree with you there, but the way they make acid rain sound is like literally like corrosive, like death is just going to fall from the sky and melt you and disintegrate you. Mm -hmm. Acid rain comes from the chemicals uh, from the derailed train cars and oh, and yeah. things that they. Uh, into the sky, yep. knowingly put into the air or chemtrails, uh, things like Total. that. Um, Total. here's a here's a weird one. Uh, the worms in China, the the worms falling from the sky in China. I didn't see that. You did not see that. No. This was last week, and there was all kinds of videos. Um, and there would be like. You know, there were like uh, worms all over the street, worms all over people's cars and no stuff. Shit. And it was raining worms. And so I'm reading this article and I'm looking at people's comments. And this, I had to chuckle because this one scientist gets on there and he's like, well, the likelihood of that happening is very possible because what happens is the... There's a storm and the winds blow and it sucks the worms up into the wind funnels and then it redeposits them. And I was like, okay. Why just the worms? Well, here's here's a little... Hmm, um, 
like I said, we live in the country. We have a shit ton of worms. Every time it rains, you know, they're all over the place. Um, so in my lifetime, I have never ever once seen a storm and we have hellacious winds out here because there's nothing to block it. I have never ever seen the wind pick up a worm from the ground because they have multiple cilii on their tummies. That is how they stick to the ground. That is how they crawl on the ground. I've never seen the wind pick one up and, and move it. So have you never in my life, but you know what this reminds me of? And this has kind of been like the theme of the show. You just connect those dots to um, some, mm -hmm. any, if it happened in a dystopian sort of fiction, it'll <laughs> happen in real life. When you're talking about the raining worms, it reminded mm -hmm. me of the show on HBO Watchmen, which is mm -hmm. a sequel of the graphic novel Watchmen. And spoiler right. alert, if you've never, if you don't know the ending to Watchmen, the main globalist guy, he basically creates a portal to a parallel dimension and summons a sort of octopus-like giant entity, right? And it freaks everybody out. And that's his sort of mechan. That's his created crisis to get mm -hmm. everybody controlled and to get everybody on the, on the one side and get everybody afraid of you know because it kills a bunch of people when it manifests in the middle of the city it kills mm -hmm. a bunch of people and in the sequel of the Watchmen storyline, um, what he does in his old age to keep the fear going to keep the fear alive he just has it he makes it rain little baby squids. So people can think, oh, any at any moment, a, a new giant squid could manifest. <laughs> but, oh, no, it's just these little baby squids falling from the sky. Oh, it's normal. It's just the baby squids. Well, so my first thought was, you know how, like, the World Economic Forum and whatever have been like, you will eat the bugs. Enjoy like the bugs. <clears throat> and I was like, I'm seeing this video of the raining worms, and I'm like, my comment was go outside and get your snack on. <laughs> I got so much hate. And I was like, obviously, you don't know my personality because that was a joke. Janet, I do not want you to eat worms. Janet, just lift your cup up into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Take a nice swing. I'm going outside with a bucket. <laughs> oh my God, that's hysterical. Yes, yes, we will make it rain the worms and you will eat them. It will be sustainable. It will be good for the environment. Yes, because I care about the environment. Do you know what's frightening, though? Um, so they're like uh, crickets and, and um, things like that are, are what they're focusing on, grasshoppers and, and whatnot. And so several studies have been done recently by independent people not government paid stuff and they have discovered that all of these bugs that they want us to eat contain lots of parasitic worms mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and, and the is that what the, that the shells are made out of that the exoskeletons are made out of it's poisonous it's it's almost akin to plastic so uh -huh. your human like we were talking about with steak before, when you see a nice juicy steak, your mouth begins to salivate, you get hungry, you want to eat it, it's going to nourish you, it's going to taste yummy. When you see a bug crawling and creeping around, 
the opposite happens to you. You don't go, oh my god, it's gonna be so delicious. You know, no, you don't <laughs> look a spider. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could eat for days if it was spider meat that we're supposed to have. Yeah, we got yummy, some very yummy. big spiders here. Yummy. But yeah, I'm like, I, I, okay. So you were talking about that movie with the giant squid. Yeah, and so it kind of makes me think about like project blue beam and totally. you know, uh, we're supposed to have aliens per se. Like in yeah. But also think about like when we were talking about earlier that the military bases, you know, making these new chimeras or hybrid animal people, whatever uh, to me, that's what I think Project Bluebeam is going to be. I don't think it's going to be aliens from outer space like movies predict. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I it's going to be an introduction of these things that they're lab creating. That's what I think it's going to be. I'm with you on that, too. And they, they could create the the synthetic biological entity, right? And mm -hmm. then use it as the front. And then call it the alien, right? And then be like, mm -hmm. oh, this is the alien overlord that created us. And meanwhile, they just created this synthetic creature mm -hmm. in a in a laboratory and put AI processing in it to make it have a, a consciousness and a right. full operating system. And then that could be your alien. And then also they could do it with, you know, hologram technology and everything like that. And mm -hmm. Uh, I actually uh, took a little bit of a deep dive on Bluebeam when I was on a Talk at the Tavern podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my buddy Ghost. Shout out to them because uh, he had a dude on their um, Dangerous World podcast. Oh, yeah, Ryan. Yep, Ryan. And yep. he really broke it down really heavy for me because when people talk about Bluebeam, they always think about, oh, it's the alien invasion. Oh, it's the holograms. Oh, it's this and that. But there's a lot more that goes into it to mm -hmm. um, to set the table for that alien sort of reveal that they want. Right. There's going to be massive infrastructure mm -hmm. uh, failures. There's going to be massive mm. geological failures where literally just, yeah, there you go. Um, it, weird, where, huh? Where the earth itself just begins to like cave in on itself. And you, mm -hmm. we're, we're even seeing that. A, a person I follow on uh, Instagram, a, a friend of mine, Lady Liberty Libby, mm -hmm. she was. Shout she, out Libby. Shout out Libby. She's awesome. She, she's struggling with some crazy stuff where she lives where literally the, 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 the entire park that she was living in was freaking caving in on itself. She saw it. She, she documented it. Mm -hmm. So massive infrastructure collapses, massive geological anomalies. That's going to be the things that set the table and, and, and they're going to compile upon each other. So, mm -hmm. I mean, which is what we've already got all those things in place right now because, you know, we're, we have poisoned the soil. Uh, Palestine, Ohio was the first place, but it happened, what, there was like 18 different derailments, whatever, within a week. Okay, and then you've got uh, companies dumping massive amounts of uh, radioactive waste into the water. Um, and so you know plant life is gonna die the the soil's yeah. gonna die trees and stuff that hold the soil in place are gonna die so uh, the erosion is gonna be massive but 
how much money was in Biden's infrastructure bill that was approved this year? Like a it trillion was, or something? It was, it was like $14 trillion or some shit for infrastructure. And then we started having all of these infrastructure issues. Weirdly enough, with the railroads that was part of the uh, Biden scandals previously anyway. And I'm like, okay, so where's all this where's all this money going that we allotted for this for this, you know, decaying decaying roads and bridges? Um, they they created their own crisis. Didn't they say with that infrastructure bill that like highways were racist or some shit like that, and we're gonna get yes. rid of highways? Pete, Pete Buttplug, yes. uh, Pete Buttplug. I can say that because uh, he was from Indiana, and I'm originally from there. Um, he said uh, roads are racist because they're black. <laughs> Okay, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't want because I have this thought and I don't want to backtrack on it. With these compounding infrastructure collapses, right? Mm -hmm. Biden's not going to, you and I are going to be blamed on it. Yes. The average human is going because to be Because we drive on the roads. The average human is going to be blamed on it. And it's going to be mm -hmm. like, look, humans are failed. Humans have failed the earth. The, uh, mm -hmm. they, they've squandered the opportunity that they were given, right? And then mm -hmm. that's where the whole savior, Project Blue Beam, whatever type of mm -hmm. thing that they want to implement comes into play. And I mean, again, I could always go back to a fictional story. Are you familiar with Childhood's End? Mm -mm. I don't think I saw that. So Childhood's End, it's, it's, a, it's a book that was written in the 40s, right, uh, by Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke wrote uh, the Chronicles of Narnia series. And oh, he, yeah, yeah. He also wrote this, uh, this science fiction book, um, Childhood's End. So it's about humanity, and we're going through all the problems that we're going through, war, famine, all, all the things that, that happen that, that are a part of the human condition. And then the aliens come, right? The aliens come through and it's a peaceful invasion. And they're like, look, we, uh, we know you guys fucked up. We're coming here to help you. We're going to give you technologies. We're going to give you uh, cures to all of your diseases. We're going to create utopia on the planet for you. You will own nothing until you will be happy. So <laughs> they create, the aliens come down and they create this utopian society. And the main alien that is the overseer of Earth is a character named Corellin. So Corellin, he picks this this farmer from uh, you know the middle of Missouri to be his spokesperson to the humans, to the human population. He picks this farmer because he's a noble guy. He's not a politician. He doesn't have baggage. He's a, he's a noble, noble, nice man, right? And then he asked the farmer asks Corellin, he's like, okay, why did you pick me? Why don't you just show yourselves to everybody? And then, you know, you, you be your own ambassador. And then Corellin says, you wouldn't accept our appearance. And you know, what does that mean? What is that supposed to mean? You wouldn't accept our appearance. He's, he's, he says the human population will have to go through more psychological conditioning to mm -hmm. be accepting of our appearance. Mm -hmm. So it goes to a time jump. 10, 15 years pass and humanity is living under a utopia under the, the, the overlords. They literally call them the overlords in the story. 
Hmm. And then Corellin decides that enough psychological conditioning has been done upon the human population and uh, they will, they're now ready to see his physical appearance. So they make it a big thing. It's this big televised spectacle where Corellin's going to show himself. Right. And he needs, he, he requests children to come walk hand in hand with him. So a bunch of earth children go and come into the, to the stadium with Corellin and walk him down. Corellin lands in his spaceship. And what you see his first step walking down is a giant red hoof, like a horse hoof. And then his second foot comes down. It's another giant red hoof. And then you see his entire body in the light, a giant 12 foot tall red man with horns, with wings, with hoofs, and just looks like the complete absolute description of what a demon devil looks like. Right. The appearance of the overlords that come and create utopia on the planet. And everybody's shocked and everybody's like kind of taken aback. And then there's religious people still in the story. You know, religion kind of gets done away with because everybody looks to the overlords to be their gods. So, but the one character that's in it who still remains religious, she sees the appearance of Corellin and it makes her fucking snap because this is the exact depiction of what Satan looks like, what demons look like. Mm -hmm. And um, she... She understands that this is biblical prophecy that right. they would come down here promising a utopia. Prom if you only give in to me, if you obey me, then you mm -hmm. will have utopia. And of course, as the story goes on, after Corellin shows himself that th their utopia isn't exactly what they were promised, and mm -hmm. there's an entire depopulation agenda, right? and it goes on and on. But stories like Childhood's End, it's like a blueprint for that type of project blue beam kind of concept. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think um, like a lot of that goes along with, you know, the, the one world religion, the one world government, you know, uh, one world currency, which of course they're working on right now with the bank crashes and, and all of that stuff. Um, and some people side note on that, some people probably aren't aware that Biden's administration has changed the definition of currency mm. um, in all of our documentation now. So they have opened the door completely and fully for the government's uh, spyware crypto shit to come in place. I mean, but if you if you think about though though like the Project Blue Beam and all of the things that have to be in play to make that come to fruition, it's already like yeah on all the fronts. No, the table is being set totally. Like I mean, we we are being we are being led into this into this society that they're going to build for us. Mm -hmm. And like another funny thing about Childhood's End, they they made a three part series for it on um on sci-fi you can't find it anywhere it's like i it was hard as hell for me to i had to find it on some bootleg ass uh website <laughs> you know but it's so funny because after corellin shows himself the people really are conditioned to accept his appearance and you see right. like billboards of him hanging out with people this big giant devil like you know hanging out with, and like being like a mascot and so it's it's really a thought-provoking 
Uh, okay, so thinking about the conditioning that we have going on now with all of the music scene and all of the concerts and and football games, halftime and stuff, and it's all satanic and devil and you know evil. Everything's red. There you go. Everything, everything. I mean, even even like Madonna's like photo shoot where she 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 t- with a golden bull, like she's going that deep into the Bible to get mm-hmm. blasphemous imagery. And so they're trying to make it cool to be Satanist. They're trying to make mm-hmm. it cool to hate God. They're trying to make it cool to uh, make fun of Jesus. And in any sort of pop culture, you can make fun of Christians all you want, but God forbid you make fun of a Jew. God forbid right. you make fun of a Muslim. God forbid you want to make fun of Muhammad, right? But you right. can make fun of Jesus all you want. You can goof on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can goof on God. You well, and that's that's done purposely. And get banged by Satan in your music video. Right. And it's cool and it's accepted and it's targeted at children. So I think it runs congruently with the uh, like whatever blue beam kind of uh, mm-hmm. agenda right the satanic agenda is sort of running congruently and if you look at like esoteric texts from like high-ranking satanists wh- whether it's Aleister crowley or uh michael latino or mm-hmm. jack parsons even right they talk about creating a new aeon of the satanic aeon where right. everybody will be Luciferian, and that will be the 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 world religion that they talk about will be Luciferianism, not mm-hmm. Satanism. There's a difference between Luciferianism and Satanism. Satanism right. is more of a self worship, but Luciferianism right. is when you actually worship Satan, Lucifer, the enemy, as your deity. Right. So that's what if you look at the texts of high ranking Satanists who were globalists, who were uh, authors who were eugenicists, who were mm-hmm. in all of these sort of uh, trilateralists, all sorts of these people. You know, I, I tell you, I really got a download of this stuff. You know, I really took deep. <laughs> I like that about you. <laughs> I'm a new pup on the scene, but I really like fucking go into it. So they talk about creating the satanic age. And mm-hmm. if you look at Crowley, Crowley was he was part of sex, drugs and rock and roll. You know, that's what he was like growing right. up. He was like a celebrity, you know, but he, he was he, he he fucking started all this shit. And he uh, recruited people uh, like Jack Parsons and uh, mm-hmm. even like Scientologists. Right. And it just goes on and on. And they talk about creating a one world government, one world religion and having it be Luciferianism. So if well, you want to parallel and, that yeah and to the um the hyper sexualization um of children that's going on right now and um there are lots of school board meetings happening right now with the the books that are being uh put in their schools and god love the parents that have little ones thank god my kids are adults now um but there's a lot of videos out there surfacing recently where the parents are are reading excerpts from the books that they're getting from their kids' libraries or, or even books that they bring home in their backpacks or whatever, talking about, um, you know, letting an adult uh, finger their butthole or, you know, stuff like that. I, I mean, and it's like, 
uh, pedophilia is normal and it's okay. You know, if, if an adult wants to, wants to touch you, you should let them and, and stuff. And every, like I said, every aspect, whether it's, you know, financial industry, uh, lawmakers, church industry, you name it, it, like everything is falling into place. And for me, it's like the book of Revelation living yeah. out exactly. in modern day. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Janet, like was was John the Revelator just a really good science fiction writer? And he just had, uh, you know, this crazy imagination and he wrote this in the book and, you know, and it's all coming to fruition. So the thing I tell people is one of two things are happening, right? Either the book of Revelation was accurate and John the Revelator received a, a mm. vision or uh, he was a crazy, he was a really great science fiction writer and a really creative mind. And these people like Yuval Harari and all these eugenicists, the Rockefellers, all these people, they're just so inspired by what John the Revelator wrote that they want to manifest it into reality with uh, by their own volition. So th those are one of two things that are happening. It's happening. Does it really matter which way? No, I think it does. I mean, it, it does matter. I mean, it, because he wasn't just a good science fiction writer. He was shown Aldous Huxley was a great science fiction writer. And going back to what you just said about the perversion of the children, again, in Brave New World, when the children are born, there's no parents, there's no monogamy, there's no family. Mm -hmm. Those are all illegal, right? And when they're brought into this world by two years old, three years old, they throw the children, this is in Huxley's book, they throw them into the field naked and they run around and they call it promiscuity training. Uh -huh. so get the children Which is okay what they're, with sex from a very young age. So that's what they're doing in schools now. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's so, so, so disturbing to me. Um, it's probably a really good thing that I don't have small children uh, or thankfully any grandchildren right now because oh I would be that bitch at the school board meeting I would definitely be well I'm already on the list but I would definitely be on the government's shit list <laughs> I mean I would be that bitch too like straight up you know <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, got, I got a nephew I got nieces and I actually just did my first ever video podcast. My video, my, my podcast is uh, strictly audio, but I did my first ever video. I haven't released it yet, but it's all about drag queen story time. Mm -hmm. And just the imagery of drag queen story time. It's not even about, there's this one image from drag queen story time. I bet you've seen it where it's the dude. He's like in a wedding dress. He's got like a demonic face on and he's got bloody antlers coming out of his head and he's got oh. tattoos all over his body and he's sitting there looking like a demon so it's not it's not even about drag it's like straight up demon story time mm -hmm. for children well and here's the thing and i i brought this up on a show um recently because we were talking about like the drag queen stuff and and whatever and i said people don't understand why why that's upsetting right so think about this do you want um a bunch of i don't strippers hookers prostitutes what whatever you want to say um coming into a professional work environment like say uh 
I wouldn't say the government because they would enjoy that, but like a professional work environment, like a law firm or something. And all of a sudden they're just like standing on your desk while you're trying to write a brief or something and you, and they're twerking on your desk or like, you know, licking your fingers or something. Would that be okay? I mean, it's, it's never okay. It's just, it's just unbelievable. They take, they rent out a gay bar and they take the kids there for all ages drag show. What does mm -hmm. that even mean? All ages drag show. And when you see the children, they're like, it's younger and younger every single time. There is this right. one where it looks like, it looks like infants. These kids, right. they, they, pro they probably haven't even said their first word yet, but they're going to mm -hmm. know damn sure what a fucking drag queen is. Well, and like, that, that goes to, that goes to muscle memory. Right. And so, um, just like having your baby at the hospital, you know, whatever happens after those moments, you know, where they're first born, that shapes their life. And so if it's like a bunch of loud noises and, uh, you know, like a, a hustle bustle alarms going off, stuff like that, that kid is going to be instilled with fear. And so why not take babies to drag shows? Because you're going to, that's indoctrinating them at yep. that level. So they're, they're remembering that. And so they're always going to be like that promiscuous, whatever mindset, because that's the first instance of love they saw or quote love. You know yeah. what I mean? You just hit the nail on the head. I mean, mm -hmm. you just hit the nail on the head and it's, it's grooming and mm -hmm. people get so hung up on this word groomer lately but isn't the word groomer a very general term i mean an ele an electrician grooms their apprentice right. to be a great electrician a, mm -hmm. a a football coach grooms his quarterback to be a great mm -hmm. quarterback a father grooms their son to be a gentleman and an upstanding member of society right. and these people they, they they talk about it they're like we are grooming the next generation Oh, I know the the gay men's choir. Yeah, yeah, said well, that, that they were coming for all your kids. Yeah. Yep, I know. It, I mean, it's 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 satanic. It's a satanic yeah. agenda to, to go after the children to create. Because, mm -hmm. as we said before, it's all about dehumanization. These right. globalists, these world controllers, they don't see a human as a human. So, if they don't see a human as a human, they're not going to see a child as a child. They right. just see a child as a, a piece of, of, of malleable clay mm -hmm. that they want to mold into their image of an obedient, stupid, dumbed down, controllable right. drone. Well, and the younger you can get them, the easier that is because, um, and I think they know that that was one of the big mistakes that they, they did was, you know, it was just high school or just college or whatever. Well, then they start trying to put in junior high and and whatever let's go younger and younger and younger yeah. and why not go after the babies well i'm sure they got some kind of disgusting shit at you know daycare I mean, programs have you ever seen desmond is amazing do you know this little boy that they drug up and they prance him out there oh, as, yeah. a little, as a drag queen they, he, he appeared on the michael strahan show right i mean they they prance around drugged up little boys, dress them up like girls. They're probably little sex slaves, and they put them on TV and celebrate it. 
Well, this and is what we're dealing with me, I, I am just from a very different generation. I have problems with uh, dehumanizing men. Um, men should be men. That's what you're created for is to be a man. Um, I do. I don't want to see you in a lace romper. I don't want to see you wearing my panties. I don't like none of that does anything for me except for make me very nauseated. Sorry if that's your lifestyle. That's that's your thing. But I, that's not for me. And it doesn't have to be for me. And you know what? And just because it's not for you and it's not for me doesn't mean it can't be for the other person. Right. Just leave me, the, just leave me out of it. Right. Leave the kids out of it. You well, can go around and prance like a girl or you want. And you can be Dylan Mulvaney if, if, if you know who he is. And you can, right. yeah, it's the 400th uh, day of girlhood. Mm -hmm. I just I got my period. Soul. Yeah, I just cried for 10 hours. Like, you know, that. It's so funny to me that like, oh, blackface is the worst thing that you can do. It's horrible. You're racist. Right. You're the parody of a black person. But woman face, perfectly fine. Go for it. Right. You'll be celebrated. You'll be invited to the fucking White House even too. And, you know. Well, and here's the thing. Our, our DNA and our makeup is so different. Women are nurturers. Men are the, men are the strong, you know take care type we're meant for raising children we're meant for nurturing people you know we're very different and so when you blur those lines that's a problem for me yep I mean, you know and exactly and do what you want be what you want but i don't have to accept it yeah and my I life i don't have to conform to it right no i'm not going to be forced to call you some fake pronoun Right. I'm not going to be forced to call you Zimzer, Zay, Zim, Zem, Zoo. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what some of those words mean that you are on that is, list. Janet, it's nothing <laughs> but narcissism. It's not. It's not. It's nothing but just self-centered. I'm going to impose my will upon you because the establishment is giving me the go-ahead, and if you don't accept it, then the establishment's going to come after you. Like, well, it's, it's a power grab. And and think about. Think about it in this aspect because, um, like the whole bathroom situation, and women have to share a bathroom with men that say they're women. Um, and so, okay, again, where do we draw the line where we say stop it? Enough insanity is enough. Is it okay? Um, if you were terrified of dogs. And I said, okay, well, uh, my pit bull's allowed to come in the bathroom with you. Right? Honestly. honestly. So I love my pit bull, but you don't like my pit bull because you don't like dogs. But I'm going to force that on you because I said so. Um, yeah. Uh, no. I mean, what, what, what you just said is such a great analogy. But the fact that we have to sit here and come up with analogies for this shit that, is, yep. is the actual problem. It's kind of like um, making laws that should already be common sense, right? Like we had the lynching bill go into effect, uh, you know, under the Biden administration. There's just lynchings going on all it, over the place. It's already illegal to murder somebody. 
So if we have to make specialty laws, and that's why that whole thing reminds me of the Bible, right? People always get so wound up about the Old Testament and how there were so many rules and so many laws and who could follow them and whatever. A lot of that during that time was pedophilia. Uh, people sleeping with their kids, people sleeping with their siblings, you know, all of that kind of stuff, the same kind of debauchery and, and shit going on right now. It's like at that time, the world was full of a bunch of petulant, narcissistic children. What do we have going on right now? Just same thing. Same exact thing. Same thing. And so we have to keep making stupid, retarded laws. Don't touch kids. Or it's, that's not on the books. It's okay still. Uh, even though we have uh, statutory rape, uh, that that carries like six months. But there's nothing in there uh, that says anything about infants or, or children or whatever specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's all about moving the goalpost. And uh, yes. like you just mentioned, um, shit. Yeah, lynching, lynching. It, mm -hmm. It's like the hate crime laws, right? Right. Like, it's like, oh, you murdered somebody, but you were a white person that murdered a black person, so it's extra wrong. Or you beat somebody up, but you're a, a straight person that beat up a, 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 a person who happens to be gay. Not, not You didn't beat that person up because they were gay. They were attacking you. If something happened, you punched them in the face. And now you're extra fucked because, oh, that person happens to like penis and, oh, you hit him. You, like, but here's the thing. You have to not have hypocrisy and the laws that are set. If you're going to say it's a hate crime that a white person hangs a black person, okay, as it should be. However, it's also a hate crime when you have Jussie Smollett faking like a uh, white MAGA people yeah. uh, put a rope around his neck and tried to hang him. That is a hate crime exactly. against white people. Exactly. Or what Sorry. about all... What about all these poor Asian ladies right. that are just being smashed? Remember Stop Asian Hate? What happened to Stop mm -hmm. Asian Hate? You know what happened? They realized all the people committing Asian hate crimes weren't the right skin color. Exactly. And again, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't care what anybody's skin color. Is. I don't I either. People, and I hate even getting into this race debate because it's all just orchestrated and it's like a distraction to right. keep you mixing up. It's, it's, it's normal people we're all on the same side we love each yep. other we got red blood the only people that we're against are these satanic agendaists right That's here's here's the way i see life i don't see life by color like that what i see is good people and really evil people that's it me too <laughs> and if you're a shit person you're a shit person and i do not care what color you are it doesn't make any difference if you're purple Amen. you know what i'm saying Amen. And and that's just the way it is for me. So be a good person. Don't be a dick. Amen. I think we could leave it <laughs> off right there. My dear, it was such a blessing having you on the show today. I'm so super happy that you decided to hang out with me. And I need to hook you up with some uh, 
some other people. So anyway, tell the lovely, beautiful listeners that I have where they can find you at. Uh, lovely, beautiful listeners. You can find me at this at right here at underscore connect those dots underscore. That's my Instagram. That's where I, you know, talk to everybody that I don't have a Twitter. I don't have anything else. I just have an Instagram and you can find my podcast in my Instagram bio. It's going to be kind of hard to find it on Spotify. If you try to just look it up, it's called connect those dots, but there's a bunch of other podcasts that are called, you know, connect the dots, connect them dots, mm-hmm. connect these <laughs> dots. No, this is connect those dots. If, if you want to find me the easiest Avenue to do it, cause I'm very shadow banned as well. Just type in my exact at right here into Instagram You'll find me and uh, you'll you'll have the link in my bio that'll send me send you right to my podcast. Um, it's only audio, but as I said in my podcast, I I highly produce it. I got in I got an intro, I got uh, music beds, I play clips, I play funny sound effects, I play memes. So I and and I I try to give as detailed of analysis as I can, you know. And uh, I'm trying to upgrade my podcast as well. There are new things on the horizon that I can't exactly talk about. right I now. I was going to ask you to yeah. share, but that's all right. I can't exactly talk about it right now, but I, I, I it, dope shit's happening. So uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Good things happen to good people, my friend. And that's what I said in the beginning of the episode, you know, the Lord giveth and the word Lord take it away. But mm-hmm. you know, you'll be, after it's been taken away, you just get hungrier for more and then you'll be given even more. So uh, yep. luckily I'm, I'm, I'm at that juncture right now. So uh, hopefully everything goes the way uh, things should go and we can ascend to even greater heights. <laughs> Yay. So <laughs> listeners, make sure you go follow him on Instagram. Uh, also on Spotify, make sure you like, share, comment, download, all of his episodes because he's fabulous and he's an amazing human being. So anyways, I will put the links in the show notes as always. And thank you listeners for coming for another episode. I love you and I'll see you next time. Have a good one.